We're excited about uh, this series and about what God's doing. Uh, last week, it was, again, an introduction. And this week, uh, we're learning to be with Jesus, all right? Learning to be with Jesus. So let, let me ask you a couple questions just to break the ice a little bit here. Have you ever been picked last for something? Hello, dodgeball. Is this not outlawed in schools now, if I'm not mistaken? I think it is literally removed from the school systems, okay? Because uh, I know I enjoyed that day when it was like, hey, um, I'll take Justin, all right, kind of thing. Um, let, let's get a little more, little more grown up on this, okay? Um, how about have you ever failed a class in college or uh, had a, an awkward conversation with a professor where they're like, you're just not measuring up? Have you ever had one of those things? You're like, wow, this was encouraging, all right? Um, or let, let's get a little more grown up. And some of you, you college students probably even encountered this before. Um, you got rejected for a job, right? Maybe you got rejected for a job. Your hopes, dreams, everything was just all in the pot. This is going to be great. This is my future. This is everything. And they're like, rejected. We decided to go in another direction. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, you've worked so hard on the interview process. You put together this 30-page synopsis of how you would make flipping burgers at Burger King a whole new experience. Um, and you'll help others have their way even more um, kind of thing. But rejected, whatever. You know what I'm saying about it. The list can go on. It can be the high-level position to any position. When you need a job, you need a job, okay? I understand that. Remember those days for sure, uh, as in yesterday. Um, how about uh, when you did apply for college even or, or something like that, and it's like, you know, I applied to five different schools, so excited because I know I will totally get into all five of them, and you get the letters back. You get the letters back. Chose so-and-so letters back, and all of them, or maybe just all but one, are like, well, um, we chose so-and-so with a 3.479 versus a 3.462 or something. You know how that goes, because GPAs now don't even matter, right? Um, you look at these things, and you're like, man, that's rejection. That's rejection, and we all know what that looks like. Um, remember last week, we talked about uh, the experience that the disciples had with Jesus when he said, come, follow me, right? These fishermen Peter, Andrew, James, and John were invited to follow after Jesus. They responded immediately to this invitation. But why? What, what might have motivated these guys to do such a thing? What would have would help them to, to follow? Really, I mean, they, they knew about him a little bit, I'm sure, but like this stranger, really, this, this guy that's saying, leave everything and come follow me. What do you think would have motivated these guys? These guys were dropouts. They were nobodies. And the world in which they lived. You're like, what do you mean? They had a good job. Yeah, that's the family business. They should have been rolling. They should have been great. Bear with me. We need to understand the culture of ancient Israel. All young men started school, okay? But not all young men finished school. For Hebrew boys, school was all about the Word of God. Literally, everything was based around the Word of God in their lives, okay? Um, there was some stages of their lives, um, and I, hopefully I'll say the Hebrew right, okay? I didn't study Hebrew in college. I probably should have, but I've got Neil who will help me fix it on the back end of this thing, all right? You got me, Neil? Okay, all right? But uh, vet sefer, and that may be wrong, but we'll go with it. At age six, when they started school, rabbis would cover their slate with honey before reading slash memorizing the word uh, to remind them that God's word should be even sweeter. And this is for these boys to be raised up in this way. By age 10, many boys would have um, had the Torah 
already memorized, okay? Bet Talmud, okay, uh, by ages 10 to 14, the advanced students, I would have probably been out by age four and a quarter, okay? Ages 10 to 14, the advanced students would go on to memorize the rest of the Old Testament. That would be fun, okay? <laughs> Remember, it's around the Word of God. Bet Midrash, 14 plus, would go on to become rabbis, like Harvard, Harvard elite only kind of folks, okay? Can you imagine that much memorization? How many of you guys are great at memorizing things? Okay, like photographic memory or you'll read it and you're just like, I got it all. Can we hang out? Maybe you can teach me your ways, okay? Let's, let's create a dojo. You be my sensei, all right? Because I am not that good at those things, all right? So seriously, I'm not kidding. I would have been the worst little boy, little, little Hebrew boy in the world because they'd be like, hey, um, why don't you go like clean the stuff in the back of the temple for us? I think you'll do a great job at that. Really? Can I? Because I was that kid too, all right? <laughs> I wouldn't even realize I was being rejected. And then I'd get back there like this? What? You know, and just put your face down and cry about it. Um, these fishermen didn't make it far. They would have been rabbis. They wouldn't have been fishermen, Will. What I'm saying here, they were rejected dropouts, nobodies, if you will, when it came to Jewish culture, especially in the view of becoming a rabbi, okay? And that's a little bit of background, all right, just an understanding. But now they are being invited to follow a rabbi. Okay, and we're gonna we're gonna delve into this a little bit more so that you can understand what this really means to follow a rabbi, specifically Jesus. Okay, um, again, can you imagine what they felt like when they said, "Hey, this rabbi wants us to follow him and to do life with him, to become his his folks, his rabbis in charge, the next ones in line." It's like a 26 year old being drafted to play pro football. Have you seen that lately? How about a 30-year-old? That doesn't typically happen. But these guys get a second chance to come out of rejection to being accepted by Jesus. How cool is that? Mark 3, 13 through 15, Jesus went up on the mountainside and called to him those he wanted. Hear that with me. Those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed 12, designated them apostles, that they might be with him, that they might be with him, that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach. Because remember, there's the distinction between a disciple and apostle. Disciples of follower, apostles, one who is sent out with the message to proclaim, okay? So he's saying that not only will you be someone who learns under me, but you'll be someone who shares what I've given to you, okay? You see what I'm saying there? And have all authority, have authority to drive out demons. That's some big stuff back then because there was a lot of demonic things happening. If you look around today, we're not exempt from that as well. A lot of times we don't see it because we're not close enough to him to really feel it and understand it. These are the guys that Jesus wanted and he wanted to be with them. He wanted to be with them. This is the same as it is today. He wants to be with you. Are you hearing me? He wants to be with you. You're like, I don't understand. I've never given Jesus a high five. Neither have I. But he wants to be with you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to get to know you. Of course, he knows everything about you, but he wants to have a dialogue, conversation, an ongoing relationship. He wants to be with you. And he wanted them to be with him, right? Like he wanted them to want to be with him. 
The whole reason that Jesus came to earth was to prepare, okay, the way for, for us to know him and to be close to God, but also to repair what had been broken by sin. He was the way that we get to the Father in heaven. He is the way that we have eternal life. He wanted to repair these things by preparing us so that we could also bring others with us as we follow. Are you with me? Yes. Is everybody still awake? Those that say no, you're asleep. Okay. The main text that we're going to, to hit on for just a moment is this, Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Right there, I'm just like, well, this is going to be a great one. All right. Weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We're going to look at the first part of that scripture for just a moment. And you always see that Jesus was always getting folks to, to come along with him in one way or another. As he conversed, as he had conversations and teaching, he was always trying to challenge folks to follow him. But what you notice about this was he, he wasn't challenging folks, hey, come with me to the synagogue, come with me to church. He wasn't even challenging folks to say, hey, come with me to connect group. Did Jesus have connect groups? No, but you do. What I'm getting at is this. Jesus is first asking us to follow him, right? Follow him. You're like, I get this. I understand you've been talking about it nonstop. You've been just running around this mountain every single day. But the thing is this. He wants us to first follow so that we can then become everything that he has for us. But if we don't get the follow thing down, if we don't spend the time with him, if we don't look like him, and this is what we're getting to today, then we won't be like him every single day as we try to reach others for Christ. He wants you to have a personal relationship with him. Think about this with me. Gathering information about Jesus does not make you a Christian either. doesn't make you a Christ follower. Think about it. It doesn't. I can gather all the information on the world on the president, okay? I can find out what his blood type is. I can find out what he loves to eat. I can find out where he likes to hang out. I can do all these things, but I still do not know him. I have never met him. I have never spent time with him. I don't know anything. I don't know him. My old pastor used to say this too. Just because you're in a garage doesn't make you a car, right? You ever heard that one as well? The thing is, just because you have gathered information about him doesn't mean that you are in relationship with him. It's so key for us to understand that as we follow, we are being with him. James 2.19, you believe that there is one God, good. Even demons believe that and shudder. Belief is one thing, but having relationship with him is another. Being with him is another. You have to receive him. The facts are not enough. You have to have a relationship with him. That's the come to me part in Matthew eleven twenty eight. That's the, the part where we have to, to make our way to him. We have to be willing to leave to go though, right? We have to be leave, willing to leave what's behind to follow maybe to the unknown for us even now. But on the other side of that is the relationship that you've always desired, the void that you've always needed to fill in your life. Come to me. Again, let's look at the rest of this, starting with verse 29. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I've been thinking about this a lot in the last probably couple months. I don't know about you guys, but I can tend in my human nature to be judgmental. Anybody feel that way? That you can be judgmental, like you default to being judgmental. Um, And one of those things when it comes to being judgmental is about people and where they are with their relationship with Christ, right? What that looks like, how they act, um, me bringing my own uh, preconceived ideas into the situation of judgmentalism, okay? Um, Of all these things of, of, uh, well, they're doing this, that means they can't be that, you know? I've struggled with this. And then the other side of it is that when I think about a, a non-believer, someone that doesn't believe yet, okay? Uh, maybe they have gathered information. Uh, maybe they, they do uh, believe, but they don't have an active relate. They're not actively following Jesus. I think about how they look at this. And this is how I was when I was young, when I was a teenager. There's no way that I can follow him, is what I would say to myself. Because if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. Anybody with me on that? I'm not going to go half-hearted, right? I'm not going to lie to myself about stuff. You know, I'm not going to, 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 to like, you know, follow him at church, but then not follow him in my private time. You know what I'm saying? So what I would do as a, as, as a teenager, as a young adult even in some points, uh, as I was trying to actively follow and everything around me was still a mess and, and all of those other things were happening, I would populate the list of reasons why I couldn't follow him. And if I'm not going to do it right, I'm not going to do it at all. Anybody with me on that? It's called character. Even when I was living like the devil, I had that type of character that I wanted to make sure if I was going to do this thing, I was going to do it with everything in me. And in my judgmental state, a lot of times I don't even allow people to get to the place of following him. You see what I'm saying by this? I'm not super judgmental. You know that. But in my heart, I I can feel it sometimes like an inkling of it. And I don't want to be that way because I want to make sure that everybody has an opportunity to follow. But I know on the other side of it, they need grace. Think about it. And you are God's representation of his son, Jesus, one way or the other. How you judge him or how you walk with him, one way or the other. You are his representation. Because, again, I didn't give Jesus a high five this morning. I read the word, but I didn't hang out with him like that, right? And what I'm thinking about this and what I want to challenge you to is make it easy for people to follow. You're like, what does this have to do with this whole, this whole yoke thing? Because we need to make sure that people know that when they follow him, he is gentle and humble. Not judgmental and proud and, and mean. Let's just say straight up mean, because that's how we can be as Christians. But he is gentle and humble in heart, and they will find rest in their souls. This whole concept of follow, think about this. It's it's an ongoing, walking, moving relationship with Jesus. And that when folks need, they need an everyday kind of thing that makes sense. But they need to understand that when they follow Jesus, and we'll talk about this more and you'll get the context of why he's saying this as a rabbi, okay? That his yoke is easy and his burden is light. But we got to make it possible for them to even experience this. Do you understand what I'm saying? I got to stop being judgmental, even if it's even in the least of ways. All right. I've got to get, you know, you know, all of my really, I wouldn't say convictions, 
Um, but it could be that it could turn into something that it shouldn't be for somebody else. But I've got to get these things out so that I can make a way for people to follow me as I follow him. Okay? Not that we don't speak straight about things. Not that sin is not sin. I'm not saying that because it is. And if it is, it's going to separate you from God. But how do you lead them to him? Do you hang them over hell? Didn't work for me. I ran. I had the best running shoes during those years ever. Okay? Because I always knew I was going to hell when I went to church. You see what I'm saying by that? Are we gentle and humble? Do we guide them to him in this way? Because his, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So we're going to explain this a little bit more, okay? I just I had to get that in there first so that you can understand this a little bit better. The yoke pictures three things, and this is what I want you to, to get while we're together this morning, okay? The first thing is this, connection. The first thing is this, connection to be with him. This is what the yoke talks about, okay? And here's the picture here. The image of an animal being bound or tied to another animal, yoked together. And you see that this thing that went around their neck and this person would lead and guide them by that yoke that was around their neck. When we come to Jesus, we become bound to him. A lot of times, again, this is this thing where it's like folks say, there's no way that I completely can give my heart to him because I have so many things that are messed up in my life. Welcome to earth. We, we got to make this easier for people. We got to simplify this. Because here's the thing when they become yoked to him, they will finally find rest. Come on, think about that. Think about the, the internal struggle within yourself. And you're sitting in a place where you can hear from God's word, or you're connecting in smaller groups throughout the week. Think about people that don't have any of this. Think about them. Are we making it easy for them to be yoked to him so they can finally find rest? Or do we deter them on the front end because we look too put together and perfect? You're not. None of us are. All have sinned and have falling shorts. You know what I'm saying? Some people are listening. Good. That was a test of the emergency listening system. This was only a test. So now that you've picked your shorts back up, let's roll. Rest. To cause or permit one to cease from any movement or labor in order to recover and collect his strength. To give rest, to refresh, to keep quiet of, of calm and patient expectation. I don't know about you, but I need... That was not rest. Not relaxing on the couch watching the Steelers play the Bengals. That was not restful. That hurt. I'm like... You guys need to all get saved. Y'all need to come to Jesus moment, okay? Y'all just mean. But rest from the labor of life, from the thoughts of everything that's swirling around us. I need rest. I only find it when I'm yoked to him. It's not a bad thing. You're not losing control of your life. You're gaining life, period. You see what I'm saying? You think this is something that is constricting you that will choke out your life when you follow Jesus. No. I can tell you the truth. Since I started following Jesus, everything has been exponentially better. It doesn't matter if it's raining outside or if it's snowing, I still have light. Do you know what I'm saying? I, this is me. Talking to the kids last night, we're riding in the car because we're talking about how important it is to follow Jesus. I said, guys, if I didn't follow Jesus, I wouldn't have your mom. If I didn't follow Jesus, I wouldn't be in ministry. If I didn't follow Jesus, me and your mommy wouldn't have you guys. If I didn't follow Jesus, you guys couldn't follow Jesus, if you think about it, because you wouldn't have been here. Following Jesus gives you life. 
The yoke doesn't constrict you. It doesn't hold you down. It directs you in the right place because you are with him. And when you're with him, he will lead and guide you in the way in which you are to go. Are you with me? I'm leaking up here. I apologize. It's good stuff. Jesus came to give us rest from all spiritual and religious striving. This might be something you need to hear as well. For many in his day and in ours, religion was all about self-effort. For the Jew, it was about trying to do everything the law as well as everything the rabbis instructed as well. Then you also had to avoid all kinds of behaviors. Constant striving where nobody measured up ever. That's why Jesus didn't fit in the system. Do you get what I'm saying? Nobody was good enough. God wouldn't have been good enough for rabbis of that day. Do you understand? Because they had the law and then their laws that they lived by on top of that. Nobody could do it. Jesus' rest is a spiritual rest from self-effort and striving. He came to give us righteousness that's not our own but of him. He came to get us in right standing with him. He paid the full price so that we could have salvation, so that this yoke could be placed on us that would bring us life and direction as we're with him. It's not a bad thing at all. You need the yoke in this way. Okay? The second is this. The picture that we get is direction, to follow him to follow him. And we're talking about, if we look at the, as Jesus as a rabbi, his teaching, what I say, how I act, and how I respond is what he's saying here, that I want you to follow me as I follow God kind of thing, okay? The direction to follow him. In that day, again, a yoke also referred to a rabbi's body of teaching. What that meant is all of the things that he wanted to instill in the next generation of little rabbis running around, okay? You know what I'm saying? Oh, look at the little cute little rabbis. That's great. No, I just got that picture in my mind. Um, each of them had their own interpretation of the Torah. It was called their yoke. And they felt it was their duty to, to put that on someone below them. That's called discipleship, is it not? But you got to make sure it's the right type of discipleship here. He wanted to perpetuate his yoke, right? He would decide what the follow me looked like as a young rabbi would come up under him, the way he would pray, walk, talk, think, everything, right? And this was a saying that they had, and you heard me talk about this before. May you be covered in the dust of your rabbi, because that meant you were following him so closely that you had the dust from his feet on your face, that you had to wipe his dust out of your eyes, that the dust that was on your sandals was the dust that was on his sandals because you were walking in the same place. You think about that. Walking in the same place. You look at Peter when he jumps out of the boat and goes to walk on water. He just wanted to be with his rabbi. He just wanted to be with his teacher. He said, if you're going to do it, I want to do it too. That's the kind of relationship we should have with Jesus as the one who leads us. How was his yoke different? How was Jesus's yoke different from the rabbis of that day? See, it was, it was it's easy. It was light because again nobody could measure up to all of these laws all of these rules that they made i don't know about you but i I need that type of understanding that hey just walk with me and we're going to figure this out along the way okay you may not have it all together right now that's fine just walk with me and watch what happens but jesus you don't understand that i know 
I actually do understand. I understand everything. But I know, just walk with me and watch what happens. All of the rabbis of that day were like, hey, you got to do this, 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 and that. You got to make sure you have that done, that done, this done. Not that we're lowering the standard of following Christ. I'm not saying that. But he was trying to make it accessible to all men, all women, everybody for the rest of time so that they wouldn't be on a boat fishing for fish being rejected, that they would become fishers of men. He wanted to make sure that this was an equal opportunity, uh, really opportunity for anybody that came along that way. This is the third thing that we're going to talk about. Cooperation. To work with him. To work with him. We're co-laborers in this thing. Isn't that cool that he takes us, right, from a place of being rejected to a place of, of walking with him, but then to a place of working with him. Isn't that great? Because it, it makes it so that anybody can do this. Anybody. This is what we're so excited about in this church. Everybody having an opportunity to serve. All right? I know for me, the hardest time in my life was when I did not serve in ministry. I made the most mistakes. I got kicked out of college, Christian college. Um, I was set to not become a youth pastor whatsoever. Um, because I didn't serve. I didn't co-labor with others as they co-labored with Christ. The thing about our church that's great, you can serve here, all right? Yeah, there's, there's some, some things that we have as, as far as expectations, which is natural. But that's a relationship thing that we work with and work through as you become a co-laborer with us as we co-labor with Christ to reach our community. Doesn't that just make sense where anybody can do something? Everybody has a chance to do something. We're creating the family business here as Jesus was then, going from fishermen to fishers of men, right? This work, his work, is on the inside, but it's also on the outside as well. But this is where we have to be careful, and I touched on this a little bit earlier, the whole being versus doing, right? Okay, so let's take, let's take a friendly poll here, all right? Um, and this is, it, it doesn't matter either way. You will not be judged. Remember, this is the judgment-free zone, okay? That's why we have the gear on the wall. Just like, no, we're not Planet Fitness. All right, so here's the deal. We're the foundry. Um, Register trademark, just kidding. All right, so here, here's, here's the poll. Are you ready? If you are a beer, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. Not yet. And I'm, if you're a doer, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand, all right? Your natural disposition, Okay. All right, don't raise both hands, all right? You got to go for the thing that you normally do most, okay? You know what, you know what a beer looks like, right? We, we kind of gained that little bit of understanding, uh, Mary versus Martha. If you are a, let's go doer first. Let's just, let's get myself out of the way. Doers, okay. We like to produce, don't we? We like to make things happen. Do we not, doers? You can put your arms down because you just did something great there. You raised your arm in church. Okay, you're a doer. Um, so the beers are going to be like, I'm just being in his presence. I don't want to raise my... Um, but you, you, you make the list and you check it twice. You're going to find out who's... No, that's gone. But we make a list to make sure that we are, are effective in our days. Um, and if we don't do something with significance, we are failures um, miserably. Yesterday was a glorious day in my life as a doer. Do you want me to tell you why? I cleaned my garage. Seriously, I'm an idiot. I'm a, I'm a dork. Thank you. I see, that. I see those hands. 
We come back last night from Walmart, which is always fun. Great people, great views, <laughs> great lines. Um, it was the devil's idea to create that place. Um, we come back. I've got the high beams on, on the, on the pilot as I'm pulling up to the door, and the garage door comes up. I've got fog lights, high beams, everything. And it was like, you know what I'm talking about here? And it's like the light was shining in versus shining out from the garage kind of thing. But it was just like, oh, I said, kids, look at it. I was like, bloop, bloop, get out of there, Tia, you know, kind of thing. I was like, look at it. We did this. Isn't this beautiful? Anybody else? And you get out of the car, you open the door completely because I have the little ball that hangs from the ceiling, a tennis ball. Anybody else like that? Okay, the tennis ball that hangs from the ceiling and you pull your car up and it goes, And then you get out of the car, and the door opens completely, all the way, all the way the door opens, okay? Because the things that have been organized on the side, because I made sure before I placed the ball where I wanted in the middle, that when I opened my door completely, that it would not hit a single thing. Jamie, you with me, right? You know what I'm saying, right? We're not going to mess stuff up here. We're going to make it right, okay? So then the other side, the kids can jump out. They can, they can have a dance party on this side. It's great. You know what I'm saying? The floor is clean. All the dust has been blown out the garage. Wasn't it amazing? Remember, I opened the garage door. I was like, oh. And I literally stopped and said, look, I'm a doer. Literally, I, I'm a dork. I felt last night I was just on cloud nine. I was so happy because what I did during the day. We can be that way with God, can't we? Look, well, today I fed the homeless. Today I gave away a jacket to a kid. They didn't want it, but I gave it to him. <laughs> Take the jacket. It's on my list. You know what I'm saying? Can you imagine that? Put on. Sir, I'm going to call the police. You're accosting my child. No, I'm not. I'm making sure they're warm. It's on my list. You know what I'm saying? Or today I cleaned this. Or today I did that. Or today I did devotions. Check. What was in your devotions? Check. Check. It was great. What was in it? Check. I did them. Check. Right? You know what I'm saying by that? All right, beers, raise your hands. God bless you. If you're raising your hand and you're a liar, put your hand down. I'm just kidding. See, again, beers are like, no, I'm just, I'm just being here today. If you're a beer, for real, raise your hand high. You just like to be, all right? Because, okay, okay, we're going to have a special session Wednesday night on how to be, okay? Or not to be, that is the question, okay? Um, but this is, this is so important for us, though. When we are co-laborers, which means typically the connotation is that you're doing something, right? I'm laboring. Seriously, a good day of hard work makes me feel amazing about myself. That's not what it's about. You're like, what? Yes, we're supposed to go and do good works, but we're supposed to learn how to be with him. I hate that lesson. Anybody else? Let's be real. Doers, raise your hand if you're real on that. Come on. I hate that lesson because that means solitude, Right? That's called loneliness, no? Solitude, all right? Learning that art. Just being with him versus having to be with everybody else. And not being in solitude because I'm running from people, but being in solitude because I'm running to follow after him. I'll tell you what, the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me too, and it's not easy, but it's so worth it. It's not all about doing as much as it is about being with him. John 15, 1 through 4, one of my favorite portions of Scripture, reads like this. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch 
in me that bears no fruit. Oh, so he's working on the more While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Man, he's got a plan. Isn't that cool? That he sees the plan for your life and that he's willing to do some divine surgery to make it happen. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Just by the word that is spoken to our lives purges out the filth. And then this, remain in me. That is so hard. But Jesus, I've got a list. Remain in me. Jesus, listen just a minute. Hear hear me out. All right, I'm, I'm being with you right now. Listen to me. But I've got remain in me. But Jesus, you know my situation. You know what I'm feeling right now. A little busy, a little hectic. Remain in me. But just remain in me. Are you with me? Just be with me. Be with me. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Sometimes we can't even get to the I will remain in you because we're so upset about him saying remain in me. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I want to keep growing. I, want, I, want, I don't want to stop here. You know what I'm saying? When I think about my personal life, when I think about being a, being a husband, being a father, being a friend before Think about it, how the year, how the sun changes around your house, right? Because of seasons. If you had a plant sitting in one place at one part of the year, you better turn it to another part of, of your, put it in another place within your house so that it can get sun. It's one of the things it needs to live, and you need to nurture it. You need to grow it. But it's so hard for us to do what it takes to keep growth happening in our life. It's so hard to remain because we've created so many things that make it impossible for us to remain in Him. If you got to stop extracurricular activities, stop them. Are you with me? If, you, if you're doing things like uh, some sort of book club or, or you know what I'm saying by this, or, or what, if you're, you're playing basketball all the time or, or you're, you're, you're hanging out doing sports with this or watching that, do what you got to do to remain in Him. Are you with me? Take conviction because God speaks to you how He needs to speak to you. I'm not putting anything on you. It's Him. The reason why He does it is so that you can walk with him, so that you can continue to follow him. The more and more I talk to people, the more and more I'm with you, I realize it's a daily thing. As I am honest with myself, you know, if I look in my own life, it's a daily thing. If I ruin it today, today's a wash. There's tomorrow that I got to re-up and do makes daily walk. It's a daily follow. It just makes sense. This is why his yoke was easy and his burden was light, because he's saying, just walk with me, right? So that when something comes up, Jesus, this is my struggle. You look to your right, there he is, because you're walking with him. It's not like you have to go back to, all right, let's see, I think it was uh, 10th grade when I last really had a a relationship with him. Let me go back to 10th grade and try to figure out how I'm going to be with him again. No, today you walk with him right? 
Because it's not about all these laws and rules that are opposed and just all on you like a heavy weight. It's a yoke that gently leads and guides you so that you can make it every single day. It just makes sense, doesn't it? Listen, I can, if I want to lose X amount of weight, if I want to uh, run X amount of miles, if I, I've got to start with one day. I can, if I went out to run a marathon, you guys would be looking for a new pastor. Like, bless his heart, he tried. He made it 1.2 kilometers. You know, you'll get it later. Okay, it was nothing, all right? He should have just tried to do it every day and get healthy, and then he wouldn't have had to die like this. We had lots of plans and hopes. Think about it, though. In your faith, he's not asking you to run a marathon tomorrow. He's asking you to spend time with him today. Does that not make sense? Jesus threw everything out the window. All of the laws, all of this stuff. He said all of it. Out. Love God. Love your neighbors yourself. Follow me. Spend time with me. Make disciples. Let's just do that today. It just makes sense. So what are some things that we can do to be with him more? All right? Focus on the approval that is already ours in Christ Jesus. You don't live for man. You live for him. I don't, okay, your parents, okay? Does, I'm not talking for just uh, college students or teenagers. I'm talking for you adults. Your parents, you, you don't have to live for their approval when it comes to following after Christ with everything. And you know what I'm saying by that? Not being disobedient. I'm talking about obeying what God has put in your heart according to Scripture. You don't live for the approval of, of your friends even. Because you want to get to heaven and get your WD. I'm not talking about 40 to get away the squeaks. I'm talking about well done, good and faithful servant. That's what he's looking for, people that are faithful. He's already approved. End the self-effort. End it. Decide what time you will devote to him each day. Make it a point. Again, simple. Make sure if you don't have a devotional, we will order it in for you. It'll be here in a couple days. Thank you, Amazon Prime. That's a plug. All right, it'll be here. Tell Pastor Rob we'll have them for you. You just got to give us money. That's all, okay? We're not quite there yet to give everybody free books. This isn't Ellen DeGeneres, okay? Thank God for that. All right. Decide. And it's a few of our favorite things, the Bible. Okay. Decide how and when I will read his word. That's what you got to do. How will you do this thing? How you, you have to plan your day. Not necessarily plan the rest until I die. Right? You see what I'm saying with this? Every day at 4.15 a.m. Because that's normally how people sound when they do that kind of stuff. I will rise with the Lord. You know what I mean? It's like, that's great. Who's your Lord? <laughs> Mine doesn't sound like that. You know what I mean? God. You get older, the jiggle works a lot more. Again, nobody can live in that. How are you going to do it? It's a decision. It's a deliberate decision. Just like you choose not to put those Reese peanut butter sticks in your mouth, one and a half of them last night. What? That's a confession. Um, just like you choose that every day, you choose, you decide on how you'll live with them. It's a choice. That's what relationships are, a choice. I choose her every day. For those listening to the podcast, I pointed to Kara Myers, my wife. <laughs> 
Awkward turtle just showed up, okay? I choose. It's your choice. It's your choice. This isn't a dictatorship. That's not how he set it up. He wants to be with you, and he wants you to want to be with him. It's your choice. That's it. If you want to be with him, you're going to be with him. If you don't, your schedule will show it. That's it. You'll make time. You'll make space if you really want it. That's the truth. From my life to yours, more towards the negative from my, my life, from being a doer versus a beer. Okay? My prayer is this. This is what John said. Well, Jesus and John. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one, Father, one, excuse me, may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. That's deep. Okay, that's deep. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. So important for us to understand that we need to be with him so that they can be with him too. You are the representation of Christ. That was God's plan. So how will you represent? How will you be with him? How will you follow him? That's just real, isn't it? Again, we don't sugarcoat stuff to, to make you feel like, I was just, there was unicorns and, and like fairy dust in there. It was great. It was rainbows everywhere. That church is fun. No, we got to be real with this thing. It's not going to be easy, but it's totally worth it when you're with him. You got to be with him. It's a non-negotiable. So let's conclude in this way this morning. Just if you don't mind, just to close yourself in, close your eyes with me. And, and uh, <clears throat> one of the things we have to celebrate at this church is how there's always an opportunity for people to know Jesus. I've been in many services growing up where people didn't have a chance to have a relationship with Jesus. Like I told my kids, because he's done so much for me and given me more than I deserve through grace, I've got to make sure that everybody I talk to has a chance to know him. Because I know that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. He's not like everybody in this world. He's Jesus. And the number one thing that we have to do this morning is make sure that you have a personal relationship with God through Jesus. We don't skirt around the issue. We make sure this is at the forefront because his impact in your life will change everything, <laughs> period. And if you, don't, if you don't have that with him, you need it. And it's not an emotional decision. It's a rational decision based out of real life and understanding that you need Jesus. That's it. I need him. And because of me understanding that, I am where I am today. So the first thing I want to ask you this morning 
Do you want to be in a relationship with him? Number one. Do you want to be in a relationship with him? And this isn't some, some thing where it's like, you know, extra special emotional experience stuff. No, 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 no. This is real, okay? This is real life. This isn't a bunch of crazy hoopla happening in the background to influence you to a decision. Do, do you want to journey with him? Do you want to follow him? If you feel like, hey, you know what? This thing that you're talking about is real deal. I feel it. I see it around me in this community and the people that I converse with here. Um, I, I want to be in relationship with God through Jesus. If you want to, for the first time, what it means is to turn from where you were going to leave that and to follow him and to repent, which means you just say, I'm sorry, and, and I'm going to walk with you. You're going to help me. I'm going to walk with you. If you feel like that applies to you this morning, just take one second and look at me. Just, just look at me, okay? Just lock eyes for a moment. Thank you. Okay? For just a moment. Anybody else? I don't want to miss anybody. Okay? All right? This is awesome because <laughs> it's going to change your life. All right, you can just close your eyes again. If there's anybody that uh, you felt like you were that, that, that individual that referred back to 10th grade when you did have that relationship with him and it's kind of fizzled out over time, maybe you need to re-engage your faith, okay? If you need to, to re-up your faith and, and turn from self and turn to him once again, just let me know. Just take a look at me real quick, okay? All right? All right? So the challenge is this, from this point, as you follow him, walk with his people. Get involved in deliberate discipleship. How do we do that here? Through connect groups, through spiritual coaches, and folks like that, that will help you. You've got to let us know, though, so that we can help you. If you've given your heart to God at any point, if you've rededicated your life uh, and the existence of the foundry, Pastor Rob sits back there every single week and would love more than anything to talk with you, okay? Or even we'll sit up here, it doesn't matter, just to help get you plugged in and connected with somebody so you can keep growing. But you gotta tell somebody. Even if it means taking a moment at the end of this and filling out a connect card and on the back in the prayer blank, just say, hey, gave my heart to Christ. That way we can follow up with you. That's better for you, you can do that. And you can just drop that in the back even at the, at the sound booth, whatever, or take it with you to the connection center as you get your free gift or if you're a first time visitor, you know, whatever. But you need to walk with somebody. Why? Because the, the enemy, which we do have, the devil, he's real deal, wants to isolate you and get you by yourself. Because when he does that, he can tell you whatever he wants, and you'll believe it. But when you're surrounded by believers that are not perfect, that are trying to run the same race you are, they can encourage you along the way and say, all right, you messed up. That's not good. All right, did you repent? Did you turn? Okay. Let's journey together ahead. Let's put some things in place so that you can safeguard yourself so that you can keep following him long term, okay? That's the key. So if you've done that, make sure you act upon that, okay? But maybe it's this being versus doing thing for you. If you want to be in his presence more, do it. If you want to do less, do it. Or don't do it. It's up to you. You're big boys and girls. You can make decisions. doesn't matter who's around you. It's up to you. It's your choice. So that is an action step as you leave today. That is an action step for you to go and be who he's called you to be. 
what I want to do is just pray for you, pray for us, pray for me, all of us as, as a conclusion, and then offer for you an opportunity if you would like for us to talk with you about anything or agree with you on anything. We can do that up front. People will walk out the back. You can just linger around a little bit up here. It's fine. Don't feel like it's awkward. Again, it's just hanging out. And we'll talk about stuff if you need it, okay? Because we want to journey with you, all right? We want to help you through. Um, just take the challenge that he's put in your heart today. He's given you his Holy Spirit to lead and guide you and to convict you for a reason, to help you. Take it. It's not hard. It's easy. It's light. All right? Thank you, God, that we have in the right direction. God, we thank you for this morning. Thank you, God, that we have encountered your presence and that we are changed. I pray, God, that for those who have committed their lives to you through your son, Jesus, as they've become co-laborers in this thing called life, that you would solidify the call and the relationship that has been placed upon them, that you would walk with them. God, help us as your body of believers, fellow Christ followers, to aid and to help and spiritual strength for those that are around us. Help us, God, to understand. Help us, Lord, to understand who we are and what we mean to those around us. Give us your strength. Give us your direction. Give us your peace and your guidance. Lord, we love you and we thank you and we leave changed in a real way. We have made a decision, not based out of emotion, but based out of truth out of your word. We love you, God, and we thank you. Thank you for making us fishers of men, for calling us out and telling us to follow you. We love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name.